and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians, as well as educators and parents. But little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. Today we are speaking with Alex Louis-Jacques, who is the creator and host of Lavender Blues and Lavender Blues Live. After being a nanny for more than 15 years, during which time she was living abroad in London, she developed the idea of Lavender Blues. She began Lavender Blues Music in August of 2012, focused on building a unique curriculum through music that would be effective to educate babies and toddlers aged 0 to 3. Over the last 11 years, she's built a loving community in Brooklyn, New York, educating over 150 babies and toddlers weekly. Lavender Blues Live is a platform where she provides every family around the world the opportunity to start their educational journey online with her. Her philosophy is simple. Stand tall. Be proud. Live life, dreaming out loud, which are lyrics from her song, I Love Me, which I also love. Lavender Blues is about having fun, bonding with your child, and bringing a positive, creative energy to brighten up your day. Welcome, Alex. Hello, hello. So nice to be here. I'm really happy you're here. Now, you're in your space, right? Uh, Is it up in Harlem that I saw? No, I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, it's Brooklyn. Okay, I couldn't tell which address that was. Where's that street? Oh, Bed-Stuy, wonderful. That's so cool that you have a space. I'm going to ask first, when did you get that space and how long have you been there? Well, I got the space, miraculously enough, in 2020, January 2020. And I got the space, I made it beautiful, I opened for six weeks, and then I had to close for COVID. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're still open. I'm glad you still have it because that looks magical. I was saying to you earlier that I've been following you for years. I've known of your name for all this time. And um, now I follow you on Instagram. And, you know, I saw that you just threw a birthday party there that looked epic and so cute. And I love your purple aesthetic and your your bunnies. And it's just you have such a great brand, first of all, yeah. just like as, from a marketing perspective, but also and, and it translates in a really authentic way, I think. So I really, it's it's exciting, you know? I've always been like, oh, and whenever I see your posters, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like her. And I've never even met you. <laughs> that is my aerobic. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that. I really, I yeah. work hard on making Lavender Blues recognizable as a brand so that when you see anything Lavender Blues, you know it's, it's Lavender It's a good Blues. brand. Yeah, you've done a great job. I, th- I think you should be proud of that. So... I started this podcast to act kind of like my own masterclass to get to talk to children's musicians and and learn from other people's experience. And also, you know, different people have different opinions about what children's music is and what makes good children's music and why people people have had different ideas about even why they make children's music, which has been interesting. But how did you get started in children's music besides just being a nanny? It was is is that what encouraged you? Like what what made you start doing children's music? Well, I i mean, I've always loved to sing. Singing is just, just something I've always done. So it was really easy for me to incorporate it as a nanny. 
So that's just like the, the beginning stages of it. And then I made my program, which is Lavender Blues. And it's a, it's an early childhood education class. So it's a program that we sit in a circle and we, it's purposely built for a little one's early education enrichment program. So it's nursery rhymes. So I started it with like the wheels on the bus. And then I've been doing it so long that all those classic nursery rhymes turned into my own nursery rhymes. And then a lot of the parents and grandmas, especially, were asking me to take home CDs. And I was just thrown. I didn't, I couldn't believe that they would want a CD of my voice. So I was like, okay, let me, let me figure this out because in class we sing a cappella. Everything is a cappella and traditional. So I was trying to think of a way to make it a little bit more interesting because at that time I didn't think my voice was as interesting. Now I know better. But at that time I was, I really wanted to make it extra. So I thought I would take my class songs, change the cadence, add a beat and call it baby hip hop. So then all the kids, and the parents would know the words, but I was giving them something new with the music. So that's how I made my first album. I made my first album in 2018, and it was really a hodgepodge. You know, like anybody that I knew that was that could make a beat, I was asking to make help me make beats. And like one song at a time, I put together this first album, and I called it The Remixes because it was class songs remixed for the album and it just, it worked out that way. And then during the pandemic, I was lucky enough to be part of a group that was asked to apply, for lack of a better word, for the recording academy. So I did that in 2021. I applied for the recording academy and I got in and I was like, oh my gosh. And now I'm a voting member. I'm one of those too. And I actually really, really enjoy that community. When I got in, I was like so excited. That was my first entry into a community of musicians. Because when I was doing Lavender Blues and I was building that first album, I was really isolated. It was just me. And because I don't have coworkers, I mean, I was going place to place to place to place. And when I had heard of other artists in Brooklyn, like I would follow them on Instagram, but I didn't know about this whole music industry world. I was still in the, in that pre-K nursery school classroom setting. So when I, when I got introduced to the academy, I was really excited to find other musicians and then start talking to them and then finding out what they're doing. And then it grew from there. And I find that children's musicians and this kindy community that we, we have, everybody is so supportive and encouraging and helpful and it's a really lovely space to be in yeah i've been seeing also it's been so interesting to to kind of witness the way that kindy musicians and and kids like independent children's musicians have started to find a voice the diversity of genre diversity of people who are now able to show their music because even in the years that i've been doing this i've seen a big shift and it's pretty cool Yes, that's definitely cool. Especially like during the pandemic and getting more diversity and more people and more genres, like you were saying, is definitely Mm -hmm. encouraging. 
So to this point, the community, sometimes people have different ideas about the music that they make. And this is a question I've been asking. And I'm just want to hear your answer because there's universal truths in all the answers. And also everyone has a different answer, which is what makes a kid song a kid song Ah. versus an adult song. Because honestly, a lot of the kindy musicians, their songs could just be adult songs. Also, (laughs) if you really listen to it, your songs are bangers. I mean, they're good beats, you know? So how is it? Why is it a children's song? I think I have great crossover appeal, especially with my new album coming out. I made a song, a compa song, which is Caribbean music, like Haitian music. And I'm excited for my family and my people to hear this song because I think they're just going to run with it. But to what makes a children's song a children's song? In my opinion, I think it's a level of fun and learning and lyrics simplicity in the lyrics like i think repetition is really important especially for the littles i do the littlest children so my songs are very repetitive and i think the repetitiveness the simplicity and the learning i mean we we can learn as adults stuff from the children's music and kids learn with every single thing they do not that every song has to be like this is how you count to five, or this is how you do this. But you can incorporate so much that has to do with like love and empathy and feelings and security and just really giving them a baseline for love and acceptance. Like that's all in the music. So I really appreciate that with kids music. Is there anything you're incorporating like specifically in what you make that is informed by your knowledge of how early childhood development works? Um, I, th- I think so. I definitely think so. Like in my, cause it all starts in my classroom with the lyrics and I usually come up with a song because I need the kids to do something I want them to do <laughs> in a fun way. <laughs> and kids learn best by example. Like you just show by, they watch and they, they're, they will learn by watching you more than what they're, you're telling them to do. And when it comes to children, they learn so much easier when you present them instructions through song. I wouldn't say that's the same for grownups in my experience. The grownups tend, because I sing instructions all the time, and that's when the grownups tend not to listen. Um, but the kids do. <laughs> And the kids oh, know just what to do. Um, so it's right. pretty it's pretty amazing to, to watch that. So everything for me was done purposefully. Like I have a song called Positivity Flow coming on the new album. It's a remix from the original Peace and Positivity. And I created that song in a moment of pure frustration. And now when I sing it for my kids, like it brings the, it changes the energy in the room. Like everybody will be way up, like way up wild. And I'll do this song and we'll end with the most, like without a sound, like nobody, and these are babies and toddlers and there's, and it's so quiet in the room and everybody just takes a deep breath and is like, ah, it's pretty magical. So I like to incorporate all this classroom stuff that I actually get to experience and put that in the song so that everybody can do peace and positivity at home. Yeah, it's like you have a little focus group every day to tell you what works and what doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I really do. I'm really lucky that way. I hope, um, I hope, I'm really, 
this next album because this next album that I'm that I'm putting out that I keep talking about it's um it's my first album that I feel like all eyes will be on me and like will listen to me like with the first time I made an album I didn't know anybody and I didn't think anybody knew me um <laughs> I love that you knew the I love me song um so with this new album there's so many people that We'll hear it. I'm so excited for that. And I hope it translates as well as it does to you, as it does the children. Um, I'm sure with the ones that you, I, I mean, I heard you had some previews out of some of the songs from your album. So they, those sound really great too. You, you work with other people who remix them, who do the pr- production each song. You said the first album was all different people. Was that the same for this yeah, one? The first album was all different people. This album was all me and Trevor. So Trevor is, um, except one song. One song, Arriba Means Up, is a remix from Dan Zane's original song. Um, awesome. I saw that he it says featuring Dan Zane. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I know. I can't believe I know this man. Um, but I do. He taught me that song way back in like 2015. And I sang it in his classroom. And I liked cool. it so much, I asked him to use it in my classroom. I was like, can I put it on my on my tv show in my classroom he's like absolutely he said everybody knew that song because of me so i was like okay and um that's great when i remixed it a different producer had given me those beats but the rest of the album is done by me and trevor i decided to add affirmations to my album because i use affirmations in my daily life for the past two years now every morning i like i meet with a group a group of people and we say our affirmations and then we say our gratitudes and our joy. So I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I was like, I need to put that on the album. The kids need to know about affirmations. And so just last last second, I was like, Trevor, I got another idea. He's like, okay, let's go, put it in. And we did it. I find the kids that repeat my words, they repeat my ad libs and my instructions. So they're, they're constantly like repeating things that I say that aren't songs. So I am excited for them to repeat the affirmations because it's quick. I said, I am, I am brave. I am strong. I can do it. I don't got to be like them. I just got to be like me. I can do hard things. I am proud of me. I am brave. I am strong. I am free. So that's what I put on the album. So when you were growing up, what children's music were you aware of? Oh, I was aware of What kind of music did you like, hear when you were little? <laughs> I heard a lot of TV theme songs, um, like the Chipmunks. Like, this is little, little me. I love the like, Chipmunks when I was little. And then the first, like, artists I would hear, I didn't really hear children's music specific. I just heard the only one I knew, and I didn't even know his name, then was Rafi. And then, so growing up, it was always Broadway songs. I loved listening to Broadway music and just old school, like Motown, because that was just what was played around me. You know, that's those are some complex harmonies. I mean, you say that you know, like there's they're simple, your songs, but also they're they're kind of complex. I mean, your your hello song, um, when you listen to it, like I listened to you um, in your video you you shared on your website, which is really interesting and really uh, is a great video. If anyone wants to learn more about you, you should go check out the Lavender Blues website because the About Me section has this really beautiful video that is informative, but also 
um, also adorable in the videos, but it shows you singing the hello song and it, it doesn't, you don't necessarily, how does it go again? Um, the hello. The he- that hello, hello, what a wonderful day. I'm Lady yeah. B, I'm sing and play. Put your hands together and follow along. This is the intro, our hello song. I really like that because then I did not expect the way you remixed it. So a lot of your <laughs> remixes, because you think, oh, I hear the the, harmo- the harmonies behind it, right? That are, uh-huh. you would think was, you would hear. But then mm-hmm. actually, they're not necessarily always even in a major key. Like it's It's really cool how you're not... That y- your music is inventive. It's not as um, harmonically simple as it could be, just based on the melodies. So they're accessible for people to sing. The melodies are singable, but then the harmonies are actually a little more complex. I would argue than just like what what you could have written. Zero to three year olds, you know, they're absorbing so much and they're hearing so much, so they can handle more complex harmonies or even beats. You know, the syncopation that you're introducing. Um, like there's one thing that where you like clap your hands and you, you do it like fast. And mm-hmm. I didn't expect that either. You know, I was expecting to be like that, you know, and then it was that, that stomp your feet, stomp, stomp, you know, and that, that shift in, um, was expected. I'm guessing, you know, as someone who doesn't have like a master's in early childhood education, but I'm guessing that's really good for a little brain development because it's, it's changing the expectations It's going to be developing these new pathways in their little yeah. brains, you know, and, and allowing yeah. for more creative ideas. That's what it's That's seems amazing. Like to me. Oh, Camille, I love that you notice all this stuff. Like <laughs> I'm like, yes. When I started making beats for the classroom songs that we were doing, a lot of them were super complex and a lot of feedback I was getting was that it was too much for the kids. But if I just had that opinion and I didn't have my classroom where I was actually playing the stuff for the kids and I could see in real life that they really loved it, like they love that bass, that that real deep boom, boom, because they can feel it in their little bodies and they just, they start to just immediately move. It's interesting. So like, you know, because I'm playing, I'm doing what I, sometimes I'm just doing the wheels on the bus very straight ahead. Sometimes I'm just doing Itsy Bitsy Spider. But the ones that are swinging, like the ones that swing, like the, the or even like the kind of Latin jazz things that I, I've written, like on my album, some of them are not necessarily kid songs per se. Like my, my nephew's favorite song is the song called the Aegean Sea. That's just a kind of bossa nova type feel. And it's just about being in the Aegean Sea and being with your family. But it, that could, I used to sing that just for adults. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to put on this album because it's a great song. And that's all to say that I was doing jazz and sometimes people it was like, well, this is kind of complex, you know? But now I have this proof that <laughs> I have this song, you know, Giant Steps, the jazz song? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, my next album, I, I wrote lyrics to Giant Steps mm-hmm. and I call it Baby Steps. But I even wrote lyrics to the, like the famous solo. And it sounds awesome. And I'm really excited to release it. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've sung that now. And I have given my little nephew, like, a sneak preview. And he sings it. That was the first song he sang was Giant Steps, which is, like, considered oh. one of the hardest songs. And, but, like, correctly and on key. And it's wow. crazy. Because it's like, well, you know, it's Little Kids Like. It's a good little yeah. kid. It was his favorite song for a while. So, <laughs> It, Don't you love when the, you see the littlest ones do just like amazing things and you're just like, whoa. And with the music, like it's definitely the feelings that you have when you listen to them. And that's what stays with you and, and the feelings that music gives you. It's just, especially for kids, it's just amazing. It's amazing that 
the music will help shape them, right? Their futures, themselves, who they are. On your website, the woman was speaking about how it helps with reading eventually, that music in children, it helps them. How Do you know anything about that? The person that said that was Wonder Teacher Washington. She's a 3K teacher here in Bedside. She teaches the fundamentals of reading and she teaches like the first steps to reading. Music for zero to five-year-olds help form all those extra pathways and neurological connections in your brain. So it just makes sense that the more music you hear in those first years of life, when you go on to school, you have all those extra pathways that are already there. So when it's starting, when you start to read, it's just a natural progression and it, it just keeps it going. So you make all those connections zero to five and zero to three is when you make the most of them. It's like 75% or something like that is zero to three-year-olds and music helps make those connections Can you just guide us and the listeners kind of through what your class is like? Like, what do you do as you, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to give a class, but what are you thinking about as you do it? Kind of how do you structure it? And I'm sure everything is a little different depending on the the vibe of the moment. But like, if if you wouldn't mind walking us through something, I'd I'd love to hear. I don't mind at all. I love talking about lavender blues. I will talk about lavender blues all day. But my class is fabulous. It is the same. So class is always the same. It's structured the same. So while the lineup of songs might vary, the core songs are always the same because it gives the children knowledge of what's coming next. And it builds their confidence to have the repetition because they know that they can always count on me to be the same. So no matter what's going on in the circle, they, they know me and they know that I'm going to be the same and they can count on that and they can rely on it. So it just builds their confidence. So the structure of it is like you come in, everybody takes their shoes off and we join the circle. Everybody's sitting on the floor. Unless you're not able-bodied and that's fine because we have lots of low benches, high benches, rocking chairs, middle chairs to sit on. But if you can, I want you on the floor with us. And we sit in a circle to encourage the babies to stay in the circle, but there's no rules for them. And that's a big deal for me. It's like, there's no rules for bunnies. The rules are for you. You be mindful, be present, and have fun with us. And if you're doing those three things, everything works out. And so we sit in the circle and we start with hello. We start by patting our legs. And um, from hello to the little green frog song, (laughs) the little green frog is how we know that's the transition song. Um, So all those songs are movement songs. So they're just us with our arms and our legs and our hands and our feet we have movements like you would know the wheels on the bus and all the all the movements so all my songs have movements and then once we get to little green frog song and it's about 15 20 minutes depending on the on the circle um we change and we get instruments out and so when i get my instruments out they're all shakers tambourines bells early childhood instruments and I got my main tambourine, which I'm not attached to because the kids will love and use my tambourine and I would get another tambourine. Um, And I always say that because they're under threes, under threes don't share. They don't know how to share. They don't, they don't share. 
And as much as the grownups want them to share, it's just not a thing that they do. So in my circle, there's enough shakers that are the same. There's enough tambourines. So if they take it off another kid, you can always give them another one. There's always like, so I always have silent communication. I'm always communicating with the people and the children in my circle because I'm singing. So from hello to goodbye, I don't stop singing. So while I'm singing, I'm showing you how to do stuff just with the silent communication, if that makes sense to you. So then, and the instrument time is very loud. <laughs> so I always pick, I always pick songs that I know the grownups are going to sing. So classic songs like um, Old MacDonald and You Are My Sunshine, and then songs that I've remixed and made my own, like Almond Milk and Cake Pops, um, which yeah, is- Yeah, that. like, That's on your new- It's on the new album, because I love it. I love singing it in class. And when I have people to sing it with me, I mean, it's one of those songs that raises the- just the energy levels in the room. So like everybody in the audience and the circle is going, ah, 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 and then it gets just like, and I'm like, raindrops, raindrops, raindrops. And like there, so I always use a uh, maraca as a, a microphone. So it's always funny when I like put it in a kid's face and they're just like, raindrop. And so after, in- instrument time is shorter than the rest of the times because it's so loud. We do the cleanup song and they put all their, their instruments away and I toss that aside and then it's parachute time. So I pull out the parachute and my parachute is different than other folks parachute because I'll always surprise you. If you're new to my class and you come in, like this is where I get the grownups, the most stoic grownups that, that don't usually have fun and they don't want to sing and they don't want to clap their hands. But when we get to this part of the parachute, I got them and I have them forever after this. Cause it's, Cause they have so much fun. Like they start laughing and they, they, and like they see the kids hysterical. Like it's just a really fun part of class and we can't do it unless we all do it. So I'm always like, what makes a dream work? And it's teamwork. So this is like a portion of class where we have to do it together because that's what makes the magic happen. And that's pretty quick. We do the parachute, and then they go under the parachute, and it's pretty classic. And then we always do sleeping bunnies. This is how I got my my bunnies, how I started saying bunnies all the time. It's when I feel like a real powerful person because I say, okay, little bunnies, it's time to go to sleep, and they all hit the floor. They just, they just hit the floor. And, like, the new kids are like, what's going on? Because everybody's laid down, do I have to sleep? What is going on? And then, like, we do sleeping bunnies, and then they jump up and down, and we do it again. So that's like one of the core parts of class. Like, I'll never skip sleeping bunnies ever because they they love it so much. And they love it. Yeah, that's what gets them up and jumping. And then once they're up and jumping, then I bring everybody up off the floor. So then we're all standing up. Even the even the nannies that are so tired and they just don't want to stand. Like everybody's standing at this next part. And they make you do some stretching and some chanting because grown-ups, as much as I designed Lavender Blues for the children, I designed it just as much for you. So like everything, like, so if everybody does what I do, it's a workout. Like 45 minutes, it's a cardio, it's got tension and like it's got all the parts of a workout. 
And then the stretching, stretching is so important and getting your heart rate up. It's so important because, you know, heart disease is the number one killer of women. So I put all of this in my class because I think it's so important, including the mental health aspects. So then that's where peace and positivity comes in. And that's when we do the hokey cokey is when I really get that heart rate up. And then when the, when it's like peak, peak hypeness after the hokey cokey, I tell everybody to keep the energy and remember, keep the circle. And then this is the time to get your kid to show off. Cause you know, babies and toddlers, they love to show off. This is their time to shine. And I make all the grownups clap for the bunny in the middle that's dancing. Right. And then you show them how until they know how to do it. And once they know how to do it, Camille, oh my gosh, like they do. And everybody, I always say, do your thing because it doesn't have to be a dance. It can be whatever your thing is. So some kids will just stand there and move their little heads. (laughs) And then some will just like move a finger. Yeah, that's so cute. And then other kids will like fully on like, parade around the circle and then jam out in the middle and have to like hold your hands and like do all the things. That's their time to just show up for us. I notice and I try to get the grownups to notice that when the kids come to me and they do just exactly what you know you want them to do but they're never forced to do when they do it and they're holding my hands and we're clapping for them in the middle of the circle they'll always look back at their grown-up. And see if their grown up is watching. And like, I I'm always so proud of the grown up that is actually watching. And then always a little bit sad for the for the grown up that's not watching. <laughs> the kid is like, yeah, 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 let's do it. And they and they look at their grown up, and then they just get a little deflated. And you're just like, oh, so I'm always like, clap, clap for the bunnies in the middle because it's they're really being awesome. And then they look to see if you. If you notice that what they're doing, what they're supposed to do, because they're so proud of themselves, and then we do it, and then we end with bubbles and stickers, as we should, because that's just so much fun. So, like when we do when we do class, like that's the class, that's the gist of the class, and I always throw in tricky things for the grownups to learn alongside the kids, because I think it's really important for the bunnies to see that the grownups are willing to do something tricky too. Because all this stuff uh-huh. we're trying to get the kids to do is hard. It's not easy for them. So like, and the grownups will get, you know, accustomed to it. And they'll start like, you know, when you know the same thing and you know what to do, you might not do it as hard every single time. These kids, like when they see their grownup doing it and they do so much more. And like, yeah. so that's a, that's a big question. Like, oh, my kid doesn't do it in class. Like my number one reason that the kids don't do the actions in class and they do it at home is because they want to see what's different and what I'm doing different. And like, there's so much going on that they're taking it all in. And then other kids do it more because the grown up that they're with is way into it and they're doing yeah. it more. So I'm always like, you know, we show our bunnies how much fun this can be. And then, yeah. so yeah, so that's lavender blues in a. Oh, that's so. So now, do you do you have have you had um, little bunnies who are maybe neurodiverse and developing maybe slower in a different way than your other bunnies? And do you have you been able to see and work with them? And do you adjust your program maybe for those people at all, or do you keep it kind of consistent? That's the best part of lavender blues is that it's yeah. perfect for zero to threes. So it's perfect for the neurodivergent kid, 
Like it's perfect for the kid with Down syndrome. Um, I've had lots of, I've, I wouldn't say lots. I'd say I've had a nice big handful of children that have had special needs for some reason or, or other. And when they're in Lavender Blue's circle, um, they no longer have that special needs thing. Like it's, it's over here. They're just one of, one of the bunnies because their development, it doesn't matter where they are in their development. Lavender Blues is designed for it. Does that make sense? So like I'll have like, so I've had, I mean, I've had um, a baby with um, a traumatic brain injury and he was maybe five when he came to my classes and it was fine. He was great and he loved it. And the mom was just like, I can't believe we found a place that's not like specifically for, but it works. And they loved it. And then I had I had this other kid who had um, who has Down syndrome, and he started at, as a baby at like three months old, maybe. And he stayed in my program the whole three years, and he was a superstar. I mean, I have old videos of him just like doing all the actions, all the everything. And it maybe took him a tiny bit longer, maybe a tiny bit longer than the other children that didn't have Down syndrome. But the, but there was no, there was no difference really, and I loved having him in my classroom because all the other children could see him, and they saw him just be part of. So however he was different or the same, like they loved him because he was in the circle and he was just one of them and one of us, and so that inclusivity is just always there, and I, I love it especially when I have atypical kids. Oh, that brought, that made me cry a little bit because I'm so happy to hear that. That's such a <laughs> – didn't expect that. <laughs> Just really nice. You know, it's um, it's something that I strive to do. Sometimes I make that equalization by – you know, I I'm, I'm present my stuff more as like a concert. But I – um, and so I'm aware sometimes when I have somebody – there's a little boy with autism who comes to my classes sometimes or to my shows, and he uh, – he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's listening, but he is, and he goes home and he'll talk about it to his mom. The children are children, no matter what, you know? And mm -hmm. so people and adults, especially who understand that and recognize that, I think are very special people. And so your little bunnies are really lucky. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, I mean, I, it just means so much to me. And like, even, even children, like say you have like a real high spirited ch child, right? One that yeah. just never sits down is always running around. Like I had this mom, I almost thought she was going to give up halfway through class and like, I don't stop. So I like, I don't want to like stop to reassure her. I'm like, I'm just trying to show her that everything is fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He like, mm -hmm. he's going to be however he's going to be. And then after class was over and I had a moment to talk to her, um, she liked, she, she was just like burst into tears. She was like, thank you so much. She's like, this is wonderful. I'm like, really? Cause he's not doing anything wrong. And I want you to know that he's not doing anything wrong. He is being himself. And like I said, there's no rules for these children in my circle. We want to make sure they don't hurt themselves or anybody else, of course. But like, if he's got to walk around, he's got to walk around. If he's got to do, and you see, and I know that they're still getting all the benefits of lavender blues because I see it. Like I've had kids like him before and, and I'll tell you that they never sit in the circle, but I'll be singing the song and they're pointing to the ceiling. Like I'm asking them to, and they're pointing to the floor and they're clapping their hands and they're doing all this stuff. They're just not in the circle. 
And that's cool because we're all our own people, right? They, we can all decide how we want to present ourselves on any given day. And I feel like children, I definitely need that autonomy to be themselves. Like we don't want to put them in a box. We don't want to force them into a circle, not, not, in, not at this age, not in under threes. We don't want to force them to sit down. They have the rest of their lives to follow the rules. What, what are your thoughts on the go give him a hug? Go give him a hug goodbye. I have you know big what I'm thoughts. talking about? I see that <laughs> yeah. all the time. What are, I have thoughts and I want to know your thoughts. So my thoughts are, is that I never, I never expect hugs, right? And when people say, when I naturally, before anybody says anything, I do three things. I always say um, when children are leaving or when they're coming and we're greeting each other, I will say, ooh, can I have a high five? Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, ooh, can I have a fist bump? And then I say, ooh, can I have a hug? And then I'll open my arms and they'll be like, yes or no. And it's really quick. Like they, you can tell. And, they'll, and if it's no, it's like, that's cool. I'll see you next time. Or that's cool. Come join the circle. There's never any kind of forced anything. So when a grown up is just like, oh, give Lady B a hug or go give Lady B a kiss. I'd be like, oh, we'll start with a high five. Would you like a high five? And if they don't want a high five, that's cool. I'm like, okay, what about a fist bump? And then they'll either fist bump me or not. And then I'll be like, okay, I'll see you later. Like there's no, there's never any kind of forced affection. Like, you have and to I model it for the grown up. I'm like, I don't want their forced affection. Like, and I'll be the first to stop the grown up in their tracks. And I'm like, that's cool. And like what you do at home, but what we do here in Lavender Blues, we make sure that everybody is happy in their interaction and they have what they want. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's something I've also noticed as well. What I do at the end of mine is I say, um, I'll be down here. If you want to give me a wave, a high five or a hug. And then they come up and say, do you want a wave? Do you want a high five or do you want a hug? And sometimes they just want the hug, you know, and then I'll give the hug. Sometimes they just want a wave. Sometimes they just want to look, you know? And so I, mm-hmm. I give like those three options, but it's open. But I really like the way you kind of have the steps to give yes. multiple things. Yes. Sometimes people get more to comfortable. To pull you in so that yeah. you're <laughs> and then And yeah. then when I give a hug, I'm always just like, thank you so much. I really love this hug. Thank you so much for giving me yeah, a hug. Just- and then I'm also very mindful of how long the hug lasts. So like yeah. you make, so when it comes to the littles, you make sure that you hug them as long as they want. So mm-hmm. if they want a long hug, you're in there until they let go. And like yeah. sometimes... Sometimes I got to start whatever I'm doing. So I'll just scoop them up and I just hold them while I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And then they'll naturally like want to go because I'm doing yeah, stuff. Um, exactly. But if they, if they let go straight away, then it's like, okay, like whatever, yeah. whatever it is that they, they need is yeah. what you get. My sister has two sons and they're so precious and I love them. And I was helping babysit the older one in 20, early 2020. And he was at that point, probably nine months. And so I, you know, I feel like, oh, I know a lot about kids stuff, but in terms of body autonomy, she actually taught me something because I went to wipe his nose, you know, because mm-hmm. he had stuff. And I, so I just went and did it. And then she said, you know, you can tell him you're doing that. So yeah. he knows. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. I can't believe it. You know, I was like, I can't believe I, of all people, you know, who've been working, just did this. Yeah. But like, you know, even I had to have that. I, my sister was like, no, tell him you're going to wipe his nose, you know, mm-hmm. let him know that you have to do this. 
she's like people always forget that because she's she also worked with children a lot she was a caregiver and a nanny for many years and so i was like wow i hadn't even considered that myself like even i who feel that i'm this model of body autonomy with kids i did that by accident and i was like of course you're a baby but you deserve body autonomy as well that happens in my class a lot because like um so like before class or after class like one of the like a nanny or a mom will be like, oh, I'm just going to run to the bathroom. Can you keep an eye on so-and-so? I'm like, absolutely. And then they'll turn and walk away. I'll be like, wait a minute. You got to tell him you're going to the bathroom. Be like, tell him. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I, maybe he won't notice. And like, then we don't have to upset him and go through a whole thing. I'm like, oh, we don't even need to go through a whole thing because you're telling him where you're going and you're yep. going to be Miss Alex. And then he knows and then you, you're showing him, then you go to the bathroom and then you show him that you came back so he can believe you. And then now we know what's happening and then that's how we learn and that's how we keep going. So, so yeah, it's always a little tricky. Yeah, it's hard because you're like, oh, they're babies. Yeah. But actually, yeah. if you work with babies, you know that and they're listening. It's like, yeah, that everyone is equal in these classes. And I think that adults who respect uh, the intelligence of children and their development and who really respect their development are really special people and are really necessary. You're doing your part to create kind grownups because for the majority of these people's lives, they'll be grown up. And so, so many of the things, the ways that we were treated when we were little is what informs our fight and flight, our anxiety, our stress, the way that we respond, you know, our attachment styles. And so uh, it's really special that you're sharing your attachment, which is the kind of this, you know, secure attachment to these little people and, and providing that. I can only imagine that it's just only helping. So it's, it's great that there's helpers like you. When I get crazy about the world, um, I, I remind myself that I do what I can do and I'm doing it every day. Like I'm building community and I'm loving these babies and I'm showing not just the babies how to love themselves, but the grownups too. Because some yeah. of the grownups, would you believe when we're singing the I Love Me song in classroom, they will be like, at the end, we say, and I love me. And then some of the grownups will be like, I love you to the baby. And I'm like, no, we saying you are my sunshine. So you can say, I love you if you need to say, I love you. But for I love me, we're showing the babies that we love ourselves. We can love ourselves. It's a big deal to love yourself. You need to love yourself before you can love somebody else. And the nannies will be like, okay. <laughs> I love that. That's and then really the next, great. and then the next class, they'll do it again. Mm -hmm. They'll be like me, and then they'll look at me, and I'll be like, and they're like, yep. me. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, me thank you so much you. for coming, and thank you for talking to me, and for inspiring me, and for sharing this. And I think that you know, educators and, and parents, anyone who listens to this, I think every like me will be really interested to hear the way you described your class because I think that the thought you put into it is really important and I um, am really grateful to talk to someone like you who does put that much thought into it. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening and wanting to share because that's everything. Now we're going to listen to the song Almond Milk and Cake Pops. Enjoy. <laughs> I like how you say milk like a, a proper Colorado, Colorado. Yeah, that is how we say milk. <laughs> I always forget I do that. Raindrops, raindrops, I'm milking pops. Raindrops, raindrops, I'm milking pops. If all the raindrops were on milking pops, oh what a rain that would be. If all the raindrops were on milking pops.
podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day. Bye.